Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Week 10 Review Show, and I think we can all agree that that was the best Sunday of football we've enjoyed all season, if not in the last few seasons. Two games with seven lead changes, huge come-from-behind wins, a game decided on a return from an extra point. It was crazy! This is the Grenade Show! Hey, Will. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, man. It's going great. Better I, better uh, than the Packers, buddy. Yeah, well, this is it. So uh, I'm a stickler for sticking to time with that intro, but I had at least another 15 things that I really desperately wanted to mention and didn't get round to because it was an incredible Sunday of football. Uh, I It's the first Sunday as well, really, this season where we've not been going out somewhere. There's not been an international series game. We're not at the pie. Not, so I literally sat in my front room and I watched a good seven hours of solid football with a bit of I'm a Celebrity on in the background so we could give some support to Sam Quick. So, so we could give some support. <laughs> Do you mean just watch Sam Quick in the jungle opening for a bikini shot? Is that it? I was tweeting about it. I was uh, retweeting some things about you've got to if you've got to write all of our listeners go and download the I'm a Celebrity app. You've got to go and vote for Sam Quick to be something called president of the camp. That's the only bit I really paid huge amount of attention to, apart from the bit where she jumped out of a helicopter where I took a little photo and tweeted out from our account. Um, But otherwise, yeah, it was just it was all about the football. But yeah, go and download the app and vote for Sam Quick on everything except for having to do the trials or whatever they are, uh, because uh, she's a friend of the show and she missed an amazing comeback for the Chiefs last night. One of a ludicrous number of storylines, as you've mentioned, one of those being your terrible Green Bay Packers. Um, I genuinely, Ollie, when trying to put together the order of the show today, I thought we could do it based on what people tweeted in. I thought we could do it based on you know chronologically but i think there's six games that i wanted to talk about first that's how many great games there were so we're just gonna have to muddle our way through it and figure it out it's gonna be quite a loosey-goosey show today just do it be loosey and goosey all over this hoosey that doesn't (laughs) that really doesn't work but (laughs) i enjoyed it i I thoroughly enjoyed it how are you doing buddy yeah i'm all right um just a bit of office gossip. Just trying to sign into Gmail uh, on the on the computer. Hashtag office gossip. And um, office Ka- gossip. Office gossip. Yeah, Kate Mason's uh, Gmail has popped up. I didn't know she'd mm. been here. I don't think she has. So why is that? That's weird. She hasn't been here for for months. She must have left herself automatically logged in. I was so tempted the other day when. Um, not only did a right i'm not going to say the person's name but someone who came out drinking at our party left 
her Facebook logged in in the office. Abby. Don't say the name. That was the point. Oh, sorry. Uh, And not only did when I opened the window, her Facebook open, but you know when, like, you've got a new message and it pops up in the bottom right corner? The new message was from the surprise person that she had been macking off with on a couple of separate occasions now. And you sat there going, I've got to close this window. No way. I've got to close this window. I cannot read that. I'm sorry. That sounds incredible. What did it say? I didn't read it. I closed the window, I logged her out, and I logged myself in. Dude, you so should have read that. I'm not a terrible human being. And if I was the sort of terrible human being who would read somebody else's message, I wouldn't say it on the podcast. I might, off air, tell you that really I did read it and tell you what it said, but that's not the sort of man I am. Well, we're not recording. The mics are down. Uh, what, <laughs> that's, what? that's not true. Just because I'm at home, I know that's not true. What because do, what? I know that having to put an extra edit point in for you is too much work. Hold, I'm just typing edit point. There we go. No, no you're not. I know you're not. I'm not no sure. One, no one will know. <laughs> I didn't read the message. I closed it and logged out. You office. have let down hashtag office gossip. Our listeners, yourself, your wife, and everybody. Wow. That's a bit harsh. Um, So here's what I want to do for the games, Ollie. I think, first of all, what we should do here is insert the usual, and you do actually need to type a real edit point here. All right, yeah. Uh, We're going to insert the usual Monday night chatter here. But typically in the fashion of these two teams, the Giants and the Bengals, who have been incredibly up and down all year, after a brilliant Sunday of football, this could end up being the biggest letdown. And if it is, I apologise that we've stuck it right at the beginning of the podcast. But, Ollie, are you ready with some weird noises? Ah! So it may not have been the classic we had on a number of other games this weekend, but it did finish by a single point as on Monday night football, Ben McAdoo showed us the size of his sack and went for it on fourth down with plenty of the fourth quarter still to go. About four yards from the line, a brilliantly designed play by the offence, which drew Odell Beckham taking double coverage. The running back came out of the backfield to draw the safe and a crossing route from Sterling Shepard completed for four yards and the Giants take a 21-20 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals and I've got to tell you I think I'm finally off that bandwagon I just they're now down to three and five and one and with the Ravens with a winning record and with the Steelers coming to be honest pretty close to where they should be in taking on uh, in taking on uh, uh, the, the Cowboys this past weekend uh, I think that the Giants winning this one tight six and three fifth seed in the NFC still in with a shout in the NFC East if the Cowboys do fall off Overall, really, really impressive stuff from the Giants. Uh, yeah, McAdoo going for it. Absolutely love that. But I've got to talk about their defense because there were some really special moments for them today. Um, the, uh, the, the, the defense on both sides of the ball really dominated this game. For the Bengals, I, th- I thought their Vontae's perfect was absolutely brilliant. Fantastic defensive line. Basically open season for Geno Atkins, who uh, beat up on those horrible uh, backups they've got in at guard at the moment. But 
the the lot of talk this year has been about the Giants' defense can't get to the quarterback, but actually it was revealed on blitzes they have the best quarterback completion rate of any defense in the NFL, and JPP in particular caused real problems. Snacks in the run game, stopping the Bengals. Their third down completion was I think one of nine last night, maybe even worse than that. By the end, I missed the kind of last five minutes or so and just caught up with it on highlights because I had to come into work sadly. Oh, what was that noise? That was exciting. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to leave that in because I can't bother to edit it out. Um, look, all in all, it's been... And then Landon Collins. I have to say, Landon Collins, really impressive because Landon Collins had has now the most sacks, the most tackles, and the most interceptions for this Giants defense. Look, a lot of them have been mediocre in terms of the big names they brought in, but that was really impressive. There's an issue for the Bengals' offense. Tyler Eifert was brilliant in the times he needed to be brilliant. Um, AJ Green has one bad drop, but a number of excellent catches. But the receiving core outside of that's poor. Tyler Boyd looks like what we expect from a rookie wide receiver, or at least expected before the Odell Beckham years, that is, or uh, the Mike Evan years, or the whoever else you want to mention. Um, and Brandon Lafell, there was one horrible drop for him in the fourth quarter, just as it looked like the Bengals were finally getting going. Uh, frustration for them joy for the New York Giants it finished the Giants 21 Bengals 20 let's get back and talk about the rest of this brilliant week 10 I like the bird one that was good that was good so that was the Monday night review I should have done the most annoying sound in the world what's the most annoying sound in the world Ah! oh that was it was just terrifying the other day when you did that in my front room that's from that's from uh, isn't that from Dumb and Dumber do you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Isn't it that I'm, noise? I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Not a big Dumb and Dumber fan. Well, that's fine. But you must have known that. No- How really, though? That's what yeah. There's one of the, the scene with the, the pee in the bottles is one of the funniest scenes of all time. Here's the thing. Some funny moments in it. But it's a one-joke film which tries to stretch. A lot of those Saturday Night Live kind of spin-off films uh, are real one-note, one-joke films which you think, okay, this works really well over three, four minutes, maybe over a half-hour short film. But over an hour and a half, I'm getting a bit bored. And when I think about that kind of Jim Carrey early era, before he started doing the serious films, and I think about stuff like The Mask, I think about stuff like Ace Ventura, like... Those films are consistently funnier than Dumb and Dumber was. And yet Dumb and Dumber gets held up as like this bastion of, of great 90s silly comedy. And I wouldn't watch it if it was on the telly. I didn't Whoa. have anything else to do. I'd, I'd find something else That's to do. That's the mark of a good film, really, isn't it? If you'd watch it if it was on the telly. I watched um, what came on on Sunday uh, whilst I was having my, my, my low point. Uh, don't worry, guys. I'm fine. Uh, Rango was on the telly. I'm loving Rango. See, I tried to watch Rango, oh. and I think I've watched the first ten minutes of that film like four times. And it's not because I don't like it, but I just think that I'm destined to never like see it. that film. <laughs> no, because genuinely, every time something has happened that I've needed to deal with, and then when I've come back to it, I'm like, oh, I can't, uh, can I really be bothered to dedicate an hour and a half to this now? So it keeps taking me out of it. So maybe when I've got a couple of spare moments when you're away on holiday, 
I will watch Wait, I'm not, I'm not on holiday. You know no, that. you're going to be working hard on the Gridiron Tour. Speaking of which, we are looking to start sorting out the Gridiron Tour for next year. We're going to be Ooh. doing it with Touchdown Trips and Ben Mortimer. We've had about 100 people already show some serious interest in this. It's going to be a bit smaller than the one we're doing this year because we think maybe first time we went a little bit overboard. Um, but we're talking about, as a possibility, a bit of a Deep South trip. Now, Deep South has to include New Orleans. So, so we're talking Nashville for a bit of a Titans game. We couldn't be picking that at a better time. Yeah. A bit of a bit of Atlanta for a Falcons well, game no, in their new Superdome. A better time would be doing it now. Uh, well, yeah, but you know. But if we if we're thinking about you know <laughs> next for next year, year. yeah, yeah. Um, and how they uh, are now, and a sexy bit in New Orleans, and doing like maybe seven or eight days finding out a time where we can do a Sunday, Thursday, Sunday at those three stadiums. Maybe we can involve an extra Monday night football game what about if there's a, enough interest. A, a college. Of course Bama. we would get a college game or two in there. There are a few in that uh, area. Bama, baby. It's yeah. all about the Bama. So we're thinking about a, D- a Dirty South tour. Do you know uh, what would be great? Yeah, go on. And this is I'm just spitballing an idea right at you now. What about a last chance you? I mean, where is that? I don't actually even know where that's based. It's, uh, it's, it's um, Mississippi. I mean, obviously I'd want to go to that. How, g- how incredible my- would that be? I don't know my American geography well enough to actually know where it would be. I've forgotten exactly. It's Mississippi somewhere. In do, you, Mississippi. do you think this or Missouri. season they, they've suddenly got these huge, massive um, attendances because people have watched it on Netflix and are now going along to see them? Like, I, they must do. Week. They must do. Because it didn't sell out. It wasn't selling out on the show, was it? Not at all. And it, it wouldn't do for a college that side necessarily at the tier it's at. You know, it only does junior college football. So, you know, that's actually smaller than high school football in most places. But now they've been part of a documentary, I reckon. All in, mate. All Man, in. It's uh, the East Mississippi Community College. Right. We have talked a lot about not football. Let's talk about football because there was so much cracking football happening over this past weekend and so much that we need to talk about on that very point. Um, to what I want to do, let's do reverse football. Let's start off with Sunday night. Whoa, Sunday night. And then Whoa, uh, Sunday night. Uh, on that point. Just very quickly, bit of news. Chiefs Broncos has been flexed Ooh. into Sunday night football in week 12 in place of the Pats Jets game. So uh, that should be cracking. That's a great idea. Great idea, guys. Which also means I think you're going to Pats Jets, aren't you? Hopefully, yeah. Which also means that's going to be an earlier game now, which is nice for you considering on the Monday you're going to be travelling down for a bit of Eagles Packers. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, great point. All works out nicer for you as well. Yeah, it does. Look at that. See Look the the that. terrible New York Jets. Ugh. <laughs> and and the okay weren't great yesterday, but still pretty good. New England Patriots. Ugh. Well, let's let's talk about exactly that. Um, look, the the. We actually were meant to get Greg Rosenthal on this show, but the timings didn't quite work out. So I think we're going to have him on next week when you're away. New friend of the show coming on the podcast to talk about next week's football action. Um, everyone's going to talk about this uh, ridiculous, how it was parallel with the Super Bowl, that it ended on a goal line stand on the one. You know, all of that stuff is going to be coming up. But I think that's already, like, just... 15 hours removed or wherever we are right now a tired storyline because forget about that this was just a brilliant 
game yeah. of football. Uh, it came down to that final uh, inability for Tom Brady to connect to Rob Gronkowski on a fade pattern on fourth down as New England fell to 7-2, and two, losing in Foxborough to the resurgent Seattle Seahawks, that, uh, who are now 6-2-1. and two and one. Final score, 31-24. Doug Baldwin caught three touchdown passes, including a 15-yarder for the final margin. Strangely, Seattle went for two points and failed on the conversion, leaving the Patriots with a chance to tie it up with a touchdown and a point extra kick. But LeGarrette Blunt, who had already rushed for three touchdowns, couldn't get in the end zone from close range, nor could Brady on a pair of sneaks. And... Just overall, this is now, if you look back over the games between these teams, since Russell Wilson has been in the league, these teams have played three times. 2012, Seattle won 24-23, with Brady running out of time and downs in the final minute. New England, 28-24 in the Super Bowl, decided in that final minute with that inception. And now Seattle, 31-24, decided right at the death of the game. Right now, this is the best rivalry in football. And even though I have, from a personal perspective, not a huge fan of both of these teams... (laughs) When, when you consider that because of the nature of scheduling, they won't face each other again now until 2020, there's part of me that's rooting for a Super Bowl 49 replay at Super Bowl 51. Oof. I mean, I, I get that from the rivalry standpoint, but a lot of neutrals who aren't buying into this rivalry probably won't want that. However, they are the two teams that are playing... OK, the Patriots didn't yesterday but playing some really good and hard football the Seahawks have totally bounced back from the debacle in Arizona to to this going into Foxborough a place where the Patriots have lost now twice and sort of banishing that Super Bowl disappointment and beating out the Patriots. I think this is a huge game. If they do meet again in the Super Bowl, this is an absolutely massive rivalry. You're right, it's a great rivalry, but I'm not sure a lot of neutrals would like to see it. What is... Uh, I, I think anyone who watched that game last night would be ridiculous if they didn't want to watch these two teams go head-to-head again. Uh, no, 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 was... I watched it, and I do want to see these two teams go head-to-head again, but... You know, I, I don't know. They're, they're not, they're, they're they're not, they're not, they're not teams, very likable teams to people that don't already support those teams. Look, here's what really stood out for me in this game. And uh, Tuesday morning touchdown, which will be, probably be on the website by the time this podcast is out. I wrote about this. This is a team who came into Sunday Night Football on a short week traveling 2,800 miles east with an offense who'd scored just one offensive touchdown in the last five quarters of football and were going up against the best coaching in the NFL. Yet with two defensive turnovers, with Russell Wilson's 348 yards in the air and three touchdowns, they beat a team that I thought wouldn't lose again in 2016. If Wilson's performance in particular is anything to go by considering that last year he was the second half of the year MVP when he pulled what was a bad team at that point completely out of the doldrums if he plays like this for the rest of the year he's not only one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL but the Seahawks should be going to at least the NFC championship game if not the Super Bowl this was absolutely huge for the Seahawks massive and the way that Russell Wilson played as well zero interceptions but for anyone that watched the game, they would noticeably see that Wilson was staying in that pocket, barely moving out of it. All right, a bit of movement within the pocket, but that pocket presence and how he was in there, 
and the poise that he showed was was actually brilliant to see and reminiscent of of okay he's a smaller man but reminiscent of brady i thought what was incredible from the seahawks was that offensive line who has had a lot of um a lot of doubters has been really buoyed by a fady uh jermaine fady coming into it mm-hmm. and now it's looking like a proper offensive line it's giving russell wilson the time to make those plays doug baldwin is a number one wide receiver we're seeing no. that i'm not so sure on that still i, I, I think, think it was all wilson last night i think they've got a good connection i still think that doug baldwin you plant him in another team he's not up there with the top guys in the league um it, we'll, talk, well, we'll talk about the steelers uh cowboys game next but um i, I thought what stood out to me was cj Procise. oh um, fantastic Seven catches, 87 yards, 17 carries for 66 yards. Um, He's the kind of back, which now they've kind of moved to a much more passing offense. He's exactly the kind of back they need. He's what I'm sure the Patriots will be hoping Deion Lewis offers when he returns to play probably next weekend. But, uh, you know, we still know that Thomas Rawls is to come back. And if he can offer that kind of go-ahead, Marshawn Lynch, big running game that he can offer. CJ Procise looks like a real player. Um, and he, he came out of college. He was a wide receiver in college. And you can see that in his ability and in his skills. And he was really impressive. The defense got back on track. Cam Chancellor was amazing, both in that final hit on Gronkowski, which won them the game and oh, just to say what a just to say Gronkowski initiated the coverage and uh, initiated the contact and I don't think Cam Chancellor did anything wrong there but also there was a hit on him in the second quarter which Rob Gronkowski has described as maybe the hardest he's ever taken in the NFL and that's pretty that's saying something yeah yeah so uh, Seahawks big positives Patriots some concern with your defense if you're going up against an elite offense they did not do well in the passing attack. That could be a real concern. But I think let's watch and see how they go over the next couple of weeks. Um, I wonder who they've got after. I know we've got the Jets. Um, is that next weekend? That's in two weekends' time. Um, uh, you know, the Patriots, I'd still be surprised. So they go to the 49ers next. Yeah. Then they go to the Jets, then home to the Rams. You know, they're not facing a good passing offense at any point in the next three weeks. So they get a chance to get back on track. They probably will only get two losses this year and go in as the one seed in the AFC, but just cracking stuff. Yeah, totally agree. What they need actually is uh, is a linebacker that they traded away to to the Browns. <laughs> They're really would- missing him. He would have been really useful against the, the Seahawks and CJ Procise, actually. Um, even though I understand the overall decision and why they made it. Yeah, he would have been useful yesterday. Um, look, seven lead changes in that game. We didn't, I could never have imagined that that game would be so good. After just three hours earlier, we got to watch the absolute joy that was the Dallas Cowboys beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 35-30. to 30. Zeke Elliott just keeps on rolling. Let's say this, first of all. There's so many players place to talk about from this game but we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, offensive rookie of the year Dak Prescott or Zeke Elliott the last two weeks Zeke Elliott has just absolutely trounced Dak Prescott in those terms you know I I don't buy into these people who are calling for Tony Romo to come back I think we're at a point now where I'd be surprised if Romo plays another snap uh, another meaningful snap for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in competitive football Uh, there's lots of talk from being traded away in the offseason certainly staying as a backup for the rest of this year but Zeke Elliott was just unbelievable again last night. Three touchdowns. He had almost as many yards through the air as he had on the ground. The winning touchdown right at the death. And, and we'll talk about the build-up to that play. But, you know, 
the Cowboys really shouldn't have won this game. The Steelers went ahead by a point thanks to a fake spike touchdown. If you've got that play in a game, you know it's a good game. Uh, to Antonio Brown to put them up with 40 seconds left. The Cowboys then drive down the field. They get a face mask on Jason Witten on a short five-yard completion. That puts them into field goal range. The Steelers are then forced to play basically goal-line defense because they know that every yard gained at that point could make that field goal even easier to win the game. Hole gets opened up by that brilliant O-line. Zeke Elliott breaks through. Game-winning touchdown. Game over. What a game of football. And um, I had to tweet out this morning, basically putting out requests for Cowboys jerseys. Uh, yeah, dude, you're going to need it. You are going to need it. They're so... They, they're just brilliant to watch. And it's down to that partnership of, of Prescott and Zeke Elliott. He is... He's just phenomenal, phenomenal, isn't he? Just... B- b- he reminds the way I the way it is like he reminds me of say LeSean McCoy as an eagle or not not in in the way he plays but how excited I am just watching him I just love watching this guy run this guy with the ball in hand whether it's uh, a rush or or a pass I said it on the mid-season awards show that Zeke Elliott is in the conversation for MVP I don't think that is a ludicrous thing to say uh, yeah, the, the guy is not drunk to mention that, but I think that overall, I I still think that it goes to one of those two quarterbacks. Well, we know what Matt Ryan did yesterday, and we'll get on to that as well. Um, look, lots of tweets coming in about this game in particular. Uh, I'm being asked uh, by Chris, how much do I need to worry about sourcing a new Cowboys jersey? Rob has suggested that I get a triple XL with hashtag BBB on the back. Well, listen, um, Will Gavin. I am going to Dallas. I could pick one up for you. Look, here's, here's my feeling on it. They, <laughs> they, I said they have to go to the Super Bowl for me to wear it, right? And I think with the way the Seahawks played last night, I, I think that's going to be the big difference because the way you stop this Dallas offense, and I think the only way you stop it is by stopping Zeke Elliott. Because whilst Dak Prescott has had a very impressive rookie season, he's been given so much time because of that O-line and because of that run game. And I think the only way you stop a running back as dominant as he's been this year is with a powerful freewheeling, strong safety who can almost act as a running back spy who can close down space very quickly who can hit him hard in the backfield and the best at that in the league is Cam Chancellor. If there's one defence who can shut down the Dallas offence, it is the Seattle Seahawks. I suspect at this point beyond anything really bizarre that is looking like our NFC Championship game just when you look at the consistency and the build of these two teams Totally agree. I, would, I would expect at this point the Seahawks to win that matchup. I'm not saying the Cowboys have been a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but that still would just about tip it for me. So I'm not going to get too overexcited. Uh, we've got some interesting, um, interesting other tweets on this. Chris Bailey asking, if Jerry Jones would trade you Romo, would you, uh, if, we're, if, if you were Jerry Jones, would you trade Romo? If yes, which team could be interested. And I also got asked uh, by Jake Viney, Will, would you like Romo at the Niners next season? Hashtag tell TGS. Um, And uh, a separate question from Adam Barton. In fact, we'll get onto that. Let's talk Romo first. So I think Romo probably does go at the end of this season. The 49ers seems like an interesting landing spot. There was a great uh, tweet last night, in fact, looking at uh, cap space, uh, t- tweeted out by at Jason underscore OTC. Uh, based on the current rosters, he's a salary cap expert for over the cap. Um, 
Rough estimates for most cap room next year on a new $166 million cap space based on current rosters. Cleveland would have $112 million of cap space for next season. Wow. San Francisco would have $86 million. Yeah. New England, of all teams, would have $67 million. I think losing those two uh, defensive linemen. I think they've got a couple of big names to sign. But then the other na- uh, names in there aren't surprising. Tampa Bay, 64. Jacksonville, 64. Tennessee, 60. There, look, there are very few bad teams who actually don't have a quarterback at the moment. The Browns are a good example, but I think they're still in too much of a rebuild to want a guy who might only last one or two years. You're looking for a team who are kind of win now, but don't have a quarterback. And I don't think there's a really obvious example of that. You know, maybe if that Bears defense gets a lot better, Romo could end up at the Bears. If you could think he could get another two good seasons out of him. Sorry, are you training him now to, to be playing when he's fit this year? Or are you trading him no, so re- for, for next year? Year. For next season, I think. So, I think of all of those there, there are two standout candidates. The 49ers being one. They, I mean, Kaepernick's been playing a bit better, but I think they're definitely one, and you can tell me yay or nay for those. But the other one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Bortles does, is still not right. He needs a, a year off to learn how to be a quarterback again. The best way to do that sit behind Tony Romo. It's not a bad shout, and they've got a lot of cap space to do it. And we can mention their game quickly now because it doesn't need a lot. Brock Osweiler throwing two touchdown passes uh, in a 24-21 to 21 loss for the Jacksons against the te- Jack- Jaguars against the Texans, even. Um, look, the Texans, we said this last week, they're going to be 6-3, and three, and they're going to be the worst 6-3 and three team that I can remember maybe in NFL history. Um, but the Jags now at 2-7, and seven, losing their fourth straight. They fall to 0-4 at home. They've won more games at Wembley in the last 13 months than they have. I think the equal number of games, too, as they have at Everbank, but played, you know, 14 games there or whatever it's going to be versus two games at Wembley. Um, Gus Bradley, they, they rallied late. They love a bit of garbage time. You know, Blake Bortles still had a decent fantasy day, as he always seems to. But... There are some serious issues in Jacksonville, and that's not a bad shout at all for where he could land. I do think he goes... There's part of me that thinks, you know, the back injuries, the clavicle injuries, lifetime cowboy, seriously consider retiring. Retiring. Perhaps, but I think he would feel that he has unfinished business with football. That unfinished business may be a little bit of a swan song, maybe another payday, I, I I still don't see him quitting. I don't. I think he, for being out for so long, he must be a, t- a determined guy to keep coming back. And then what what would it be all for? Not to come back? I, I really think that there is one more landing spot for Tony Romo. And then Adam asks us, a better triplets, Cowboys or Steelers, are there any better in the league? Now, here's my immediate lean with this. I'm still saying Steelers. Because if you're talking purely on the quality, and there's going to be Cowboys fans screaming at their generic fruit-based devices or Android devices or whatever right now. But my thought on this is, if you put Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben and Antonio Brown into that Cowboys offense, they'd be putting up 60 points a game. And I'm not putting down any of the Cowboys players, yada, yada, yada. But Des Bryant has basically been a non-factor this season through injury. And I actually think... He's very much on the tail end of his career. So it's the Antonio Brown, Des Bryant that swings it for me. To put Zeke Elliott into the same conversation as Antonio Brown, uh, as as, um, Le'Veon Bell, is pretty 
a pretty big uh, ask considering how good Le'Veon Bell's been. And Big Ben has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last three years. But I'm I just st- think overall I'm going Steelers. I just think that longer term you would probably take the Cowboys guys, though, because of their age and everything else. I'm going to throw this t- at you. What about the Falcons? Triplets. But I think the problem with the Falcons, and let's quickly mention their game uh, as we're going through, as it feels like a natural moment too, and I still want to get to the three or four big games I want to talk about. The Atlanta Falcons went to the Philadelphia Eagles, lost 24 points to 15. Um, This was for me purely on the basis of the Eagles turned into a power-running offense. They realized that they've been struggling really badly without that protection. Ryan Matthews, 108 yards and two touchdowns, and really good defensive display from Jim Swartz. Let's just say for the Eagles, if they don't make the playoffs this year with Schwartz, with, uh, with Peterson, with Wentz, with what they've got there, they've got a real opportunity to be a great team over the next two, three years. But... I think what you saw is a big problem for the Falcons on offense yesterday, and this will please you hugely, Ollie Hunter. Without Tevin Coleman as part of the one-two punch, when they come up against a good defense, a good scheming defense like Jim Schwartz, they struggle. Mm. With just Devontae Freeman, who's much more of a power back, he can get to the outside and he's got some good pace in the open field, but he's not as much of a pass catcher. I think you almost have to make them a quadruple before you can put them in the conversation, and that kind of eliminates them from the question. Totally agree. They they look rather one-dimensional, um, especially receiving as well. It, it seems that either one or none of Taylor Gabriel or Mohamed Sanu has to have a good game to back up Julio Jones for them to have for the Falcons to do well. They struggle on the road as well, really struggle on the road. I don't know whether that's down to playing on turf in in Philadelphia compared to being in the dome where they were or where where they are we we often see uh teams that come from the south going up and playing in the north uh, in the midst of of winter winter is coming they struggle so that's that's always an issue with with the falcon i think this is a bit a blip i think they'll be back especially next when tevin coleman is expected back and well we he's there on they're on bus week oh, I think so it's the right he perfect perfect moment, yeah, perfect moment get a week off fix what what needs fixing and come back stronger for the for you know the, the games down the stretch but there are huge positives from this game. Matt Ryan actually played better than the overall numbers and score would suggest. Two big drops from Julio Jones of all players, even though they did have a number of fantastic connections over the game. Um, the All-Pro, it was a third down drop when he failed to pull in a back shoulder throw in tight coverage. That was with the game on the line. And probably you imagine the Falcons could have driven down and leveled this one up. But I just think overall once they get everyone back healthy off the back of the bar they're still very much the top team in the nfc south i think they'll be fine um well I, I, we've um, meandered around and, and gone off on tangents needed tangents but i wanted to ask you about the steelers should they be worried fans of the steelers I mean, yeah, <laughs> I actually I think, uh, like I said, that's a game they could have and maybe should have won last night, which is a positive to take at all times. I think the Steel, I don't know what the result is of the Bengals tonight but with the Ravens winning last week and with the um, uh, and with the Bengals potentially going back to 500 tonight, they're on four and five. And, you know, other than the fact that they now go up against the Browns and the Colts, nice scheduling for them. Uh, they've still got to face. A lot of their divisional rivals, the Giants this season, they've got to go to the Bills. You know, there's, there's 
tough games all down the stretch. And if they ended up being a 500 team, would it be that much of a shock? And could that win the AFC North? I think it's unlikely. I think one of these teams in the second half of the season explodes out of the blocks. Um, you know, obviously, I want to say it's the Bengals because of the bandwagon, but uh, they probably lost tonight on the basis of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I would be worried. Absolutely. Yeah. Four days like no other. A festival like no other. For a bookmaker like no other. Betfred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code CHELT40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Betfred. At the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus. New UK customers only. Available from March 6th to March 13th. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. BeGambleAware.org. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's turn around. So there were, I mean, I said there were three more games in particular I want to talk about, and you might want to get the sad music ready to go for the next one, Ollie, because it's the Green Bay Packers at the Tennessee Titans, who were three points short of putting a fifty burger on your Packers. <laughs> Thirty-five ten down at half time. It's the biggest deficit the Packers have suffered in Aaron Rodgers' era. Aaron Rodgers era. Yeah, um, it was just to use a word popularized by Mike White, bastardized by you. Don't need a, You don't need a, a, a an edit point for that. It, the, it was anemic. The whole anemic. Thing. Uh, look, Marcus Mariota threw for 295 yards and four touchdowns. The Tennessee Titans routed the Packers 47-25. Five different Titans scored a touchdown in the first half alone as Tennessee put together its best scoring performance of the season. Um, and even when they lost Taylor Lewan after that nonsense when he pushed the referee, um, they still somehow managed to look like a great team. They went for the onside kick to start the game. When it failed, you thought, oh God, how Titans-y. DeMarco Murray threw a touchdown pass to delay walker the first pass he's ever thrown in his career <laughs> yeah, yeah and and the most important thing and the phrase statement win really is coming out with a number of these this week because i think it was for the seahawks but for the titans i've been giving them some i've been just saying let's rein in our expectations you know they lost to the chargers and before that they beat the jags they beat the Browns. They beat the Dolphins before the Dolphins got good again. They lost to the Colts. You know, this was a run of results which suggested to me a bad team eking out results against good side, against bad sides. Mm. But they now have their statement win against a very good Packers team. They just have to go on the road to the Colts and the Bears next. If they win those two and go to seven and five, suddenly they look like the best team in the AFC South and that they're going to win it. Um, I, you know, I, this was fantastic from the Titans. Fantastic from Marcus Mariota in particular. Uh, and in particularly, in particular. And can we just particularly, I, this is a player that we've mentioned almost every week now. But I heard a stat last night which stunned me. Hmm. We are 10 weeks into the new NFL season. Jack Conklin, the right tackle, their first round pick, came into the league. And these were his exact thoughts from all draft mix. Great running, uh, running game tackle, big mauler up front, will create holes for your defense. He is 10 games into his NFL career and is yet to give up a sack. That's incredible. That is incredible. I, you'll see it in the new Gridiron magazine. We did, uh, I've written up the, um, the mid-season awards show. Uh, I've, re- I've written that up. And Mike White's 
the Mike White's uh, nomination for Surprise of the Year, I think, or Rookie of the Year, was Jack Conklin. He, he, Mike White mentioned, offers great protection for Mariota and opens up running lanes for DeMarco Murray. Both of that has been true. It's it, The way he's been playing has been incredible. And the Titans need to build their offensive line going forward around that guy. And hey, guess what? If we're putting Zeke Elliott in the MVP conversation, and I'm not sure I am, I know it's the buzz thing today, why isn't DeMarco Murray in that so, same sorry, conversation? Buzz thing today? I've been, yeah. I, I, said this, I said this a week ago, pal. Okay, well, you got there ahead of everyone else, but I tell you, go out there and look at you know, the MMQB, NFL.com. The number of people talking about Zeke for MVP has suddenly become the trending thing to talk about. So what you're saying is they're all on the Ollie Hunter bandwagon. <laughs> Ziki Elliott, MVP. Ollie, you need to start watching Westworld. It got really good this week. I do, Um, I do. So, DeMarco Murray, 146 yards from scrimmage, a touchdown pass, uh, a a 75-yard sprint for a touchdown. He just had a phenomenal day again. They look like a really good football team. Big, big, big fan of Tennessee Titans right now. Well done, guys. I'm pleased for the Titans. I am. Uh, Packers if they don't have a massive turnaround in the second half of this season Ollie Hunter it's got to be a clear out has to be a clear out and I think the clear out starts actually coaching wise I, I think the way the roster's been built it, it looks weak almost everywhere apart from wide receiver <laughs> but I think I think they were worried because of the lack of wide receivers, talent or depth or whatever from last year, and they've stacked it this season and left holes everywhere. Having so many cornerbacks out, still relying on Sam Shields to to come back from this uh, concussion issue, I think he just needs to be forgotten about this season. Go out and either trade for a top-level cornerback or get someone in who's going to be doing better with that that Packers secondary. The The Packers secondary is awful at the moment elsewhere it's been a shambles the running back situation has been a shambles james stark came, james starks came back still doesn't look right it, the, the whole thing has been it's been rather 49ers oh, it really on. has okay <laughs> what we've got is aaron Rodgers, who's still finding ribs still finding Devonte adams yeah. and, and i say Jordy aaron Nelson. right now at the 49ers yeah I, well uh, anyone would but uh, as a Packers fan, it's frustrating that the things that we've managed to get away with because of Aaron Rodgers over the last, almost probably since winning the Super Bowl, it's now being it's now coming home to roost. And Bears fans, Vikings fans are, are loving this at the moment. Uh, Adam Foxcroft, one of our uh, favourite fans, one of our regular tweeters of the show, came along to our party as well. Uh, just tweets us asking, he's a big Titans fan, any tips on how to cheer for a decent team? I've forgotten how it works. Yeah, well, so's Will, and so have I. <laughs> so... Um, Richard Graves, who hasn't forgotten how to cheer for a decent team or bang on about it in any way, shape or form, has also tweeted us saying, why is no one talking about the Titans? I think you should go back and listen to last week's show where Ollie Hunter was talking about the Titans. I was RG1. <laughs> right I, the two more games I want to talk about I'm going to leave for a bit longer again these, I'm, let's just keep weaving the really Ooh, good games you're such, a, you're such a tease Will Gavin because Nick 
Barwell has tweeted us saying, having watched the Bears stumble around in the sun, I'd like to agree with Will, that's right, that the NFC North may well turn into this year's Division of Disgrace. Division of Disgrace. That's because the Chicago Bears, with four Jay Cutler turnovers in the first (laughs) half... And, Will Gavin, I laughed hysterically at every single one of them. I love it when he stuffs up. The very definition after no after a brilliant primetime performance with no turnovers <laughs> of regression to the mean. It's so uh, cutlersy. <laughs> yeah, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won out 36-10 winners. And that's not to take away from the Bucs. Jameis Winston threw for 312 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he looked very good. Cameron Brait, Freddie Martino, who? Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was one play where he escaped out of maybe four or five consecutive sacks and then through a beautiful arching pass to Mike Evans in the air that just made me go like I know he's had his problems at times and I know the talent around him isn't quite there yet but Jameis Winston should be a great quarterback for the next five or six years to come 12 seconds 12 seconds he hung on the ball onto the ball for he was in his own end zone I'm watching the very play again right now because it just happens to be the play that's showing. <laughs> that is uh, absolutely unbelievable. Just ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, uh, there was that. And then there was the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings lost 26-20 in Washington in a game, again, they really should have won. They were leading 20-14 to at halftime after a really big rally at the end of the half. Uh, particularly impressive stuff from um, Stefan Diggs, who looked really good uh, coming back into the team after that injury over the last two games. He's looked fantastic. Uh, but that Washington defense in the second half, Preston Smith with two sacks and a game-altering interception, there were only 12 points scored in the second half of this game, and they were all scored by Dustin Hopkins. Uh, two field goals per quarter in the third and fourth quarter. Washington still look like they're a threat in the NFC East, although I think with any of those teams, with the Cowboys and the way they're playing, you have to consider them as possible wildcard teams. But the Vikings have now slipped to 5-4, and four, having started off 5 and oh, oh, it's just poor, poor them. But the NFC North is looking like the division of disgrace. It's um, what a turnaround this has been. And I think a lot of people coming into this season thought that this could be one of the stronger divisions, um, despite the Bears being in it. So, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going wrong with Minnesota, but it's nothing seems to be going right. It's almost as if, the NFL knew that we were talking about the NFC North being the division of disgrace, Holly Hunter. Why? Because NFL Mobile breaking news alert. Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey suspended four games for violating the NFL policy on performance enhancing substances. I've got one thing for that. Well done, Alshon. Well done, Chicago. Well done, Jay Cutler. Well done, the Bears. You are a disgrace. He is going to be a free agent this year. Jay Cutler will be gone as well. They're going to be rebuilding that offense from the ground up. 
<laughs> just shocking. Just really shocking stuff. Right, let's turn our attention back to the good games from this weekend. And the game which ended in the most bizarre, frustrating, ridiculous fashion ended up costing me a very big money acker as well. So I'm sorry if I get angry about this. It's all but- right, man. You, you, uh, you got your winnings from another... Uh, bet that uh, you placed recently, right? I did indeed. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, well. And in fact, it was a free bet I placed off the back of that bet that would have won me all the money for this one. <laughs> um, Whoa. Uh, the Denver Broncos go into the Superdome and despite a big rally from the Saints that take uh, the... Uh, came from behind i think they were 10 nothing down and then much like what we saw with the vikings had a late first half rally and then right at the end a touchdown pass to brandon cooks leveled the score up all they needed at 23 apiece was to kick the extra point with less than 30 seconds on with less than 90 seconds sorry left on the clock and you would have thought that with that faltering broncos offense they would be able to do it but no, two late round rookies, two special teamers, two guys who have been basically playing as nickel corners all season. I think they're the sixth and seventh choice on the Broncos depth chart at corner combine to get a blocked point after kick return to win the game for the Denver Broncos. 25-23. Will Park, <laughs> Justin Simmons... Justin Simmons leaping over the centre Will Parks running it back 84 yards absolutely unbelievable what a great end to the game but we really need to change some rules in the NFL it's a ridiculous rule and this might sound petty and pathetic and ridiculous there has to be something to say that your shoes can't be white because I am convinced from seeing 18 different angles that he has stepped out of bounds on that return I mean, it sh- and the game should have gone to overtime. Uh, but it was inconclusive because he was wearing white cleats and because it was a white line. And that's got to be particularly devastating for a Saints team who, seeing the Falcons lose, seeing the Panthers lose as well, must have been thinking to themselves, we could be back in this one, boys. The most encouraging thing about this game from a Saints point of view was how well their defence played. I thought the pressure... And the 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 hits that they managed to get on uh, Trevor Simeon was brilliant. I, I, they really stepped up as a as a collective unit, and they almost deserved to win the game outright. I thought that the Saints did absolutely brilliantly, and I'm, yeah, what a gutting way to lose a game. But it shows that that rule change. Has been is one of the best rule changes that there's been in in recent years for the NFL. Score being able to score off a blocked punt or or extra point or whatever. Sorry, off a blocked extra point is is genius. It it, it makes it it doesn't make. Sorry, it makes the end of the game or the or or every play. It makes it relevant. You know what I mean. So that play at the end was it, it just. Fairy tale stuff. If you're a, if you're a Broncos fan, loved yeah. it. And I thought Sean Payton, who's a guy that I don't always like, was very dignified. Came out afterwards and talked about, you know, he wouldn't put it down to that play. He knew that you know there's so many plays in a game, etc. He spoke as a coach should speak. I think you're absolutely right about the Saints defense because, um, particularly having Delvin Bro back has been absolutely massive for them. Uh, he made a number of big plays. Trevor Simeon, actually, he he. 
had that he had two bad interceptions the one with the 10 point lead which turned the game around and the second interception was even worse throwing into basically complete uh, uh, into zone defense with two guys there it's almost two guys fighting over who was going to pick him off but actually he made a number of really good throws and he continues to be this weird up and down quarterback it's a bit frustrating for him and the main takeaway from this whole game is keep watch I love the Saints all black kit oh wow and that jersey the black jersey with the orange numbers the Saints they rocked kit watch this week I loved I love that jersey great jersey well done boys I just used that kit watch opportunity that kit watch opportunity to go and feed my cat (laughs) okay well he, he knew what was coming well done uh, no one realised that you'd gone, <laughs> apart from the rustle of the of you picking up your headset. <laughs> yeah, so did you hear me? So, did you hear what I was talking about? I heard you talking about how you love the Saints all black, and I am yeah. totally all in on that. I completely agree. Well done, mate. Uh, yeah. Thanks. I know. Thanks, buddy. I'm a real good guy. I know, you really are. You you uh, pander to my frequent hashtag kit watches and uh, don't seem to mind it as much. I think I'm a big fan of kits in the NFL as well, mate. I think it's underrated how much I like kits in the NFL. I think it's the best professional sports league for uniforms anywhere in the world. I've been trying to get into ice hockey, right? Trying to maybe find a team. Ice ice hockey does have good kits. And, yeah, some of the kits are good. I've plumped with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice it's a nice kit because the best team to support in a league based on ice is one but that plays in the desert where there, there's never been any ice ever <laughs> <laughs> i like the irony of it it's like all of my um my scottish football team is actually berwick rangers i don't know why that's ironic because it's an english team that play uh, in scotland right. okay i genuinely didn't know that wow okay that's that's big <laughs> um uh, he's a man of the people guys yeah clearly uh, <laughs> sports <watching>. broadcaster <laughs> will gavin wow. um let's talk about the kansas city chiefs let's talk about them 17 points down in the fourth quarter they lead a huge rally eric berry with an incredible pick six to turn the game around and then Marcus Peters stripping Kelvin Benjamin with 20 seconds left. Oh, Kelvin, Kairos what are you doing to me, man? kicking a 37-yard field goal as time expired. And the Chiefs came from 17 points down to beat the Carolina Panthers 20-17. to 17. There are Many points to discuss at this game. First of all, for the Panthers in a bad NFC South beyond the Falcons, are probably now out of playoff contention. Last year's Super Bowl representative from the NFC. Unbelievable. But let's talk Chiefs. They're not flashy. They're not exciting. (laughs) They are a team who just consistently find a way to win. Their defense is literally unbelievably good. And no one is talking about it. Marcus Peters must be, I think... He will be all pro this season or this year. He's got to be one of the best players in that position. Look, 
Andy Reid runs that lovely, sharp-designed defi- offense that plays exactly to Alex Smith's strengths, that allows the running backs to make catches, that has all those crossing routes, that, all that short yardage stuff. Uh, the, uh, the connection with Travis Kelsey continues to improve, although he did miss him badly on a touchdown throw where he threw high that would have won them the game a lot earlier. But the, the, the defense, 17 wins in its last 19 regular season out- outings, best in the league. Since week seven of 2015, the Chiefs have an NFL-high 45 takeaways. Their offense has scored more than 90 points off turnovers, second only to Carolina. And when you consider that 50 of those points have come on possessions that began in opponents' territory, so they're picking teams off back at their own 20s, their own 30s. And it's a team that the dynamic playmaking nature, they, yes, they've got a good pass rush, but it's really bizarre because they play man coverage. They play very tight man coverage a lot of the time, which generally the idea of that is not giving up big plays but you don't get the big plays yourself you tend to get much more interceptions those sort of things when you're playing a zone because it's easier to jump routes when you're not covering a specific person and yet they play either matchup cover three or this very tight man coverage, all man-to-man principles, and yet they've just got the playmakers, whether it was Eric Berry with that beautiful inception. You mentioned Marcus Peters there, unbelievable. Um, they, are just, they could go to the AFC Championship game without anyone thinking that they're a sexy team. Yeah, totally agree with you. And if you look at their next, well, four games, they've got the Buccaneers at home, they're, they're, then there's that flexed, Gamer at the Broncos, then they're at the Falcons, then they've got the Raiders. If they win three or even go two and two out of those, they're still in good contention with uh, the Titans and the Broncos visiting. They finish off at the Chargers. I think the the Chiefs are a sneaky team that barely anyone's talking about, and a lot of people, especially on this show, love. It's, there's a big question at this point over who's going to win the AFC West. Rob Fussy got in touch. He's a Raiders fan asking how far the Chiefs and Broncos can go by quote-unquote winning ugly. He then also says, talking of ugly, get Mike back on. He was quite amusing last week. They're harsh. Um, But this question is cropping up a lot of the time. Who is going to win the AFC West right now? I think it might be the Chiefs. It might be the Chiefs. It might be the Raiders. It could be the Broncos. It's a... It's... It is the AFC's version of the NFC East. What is the opposite of the division of disgrace? The, the division of intrigue? Um, uh, the division of delight? Division of delight, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. You've got the alliteration there. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. I, I have to have the alliteration, otherwise it makes me sad. And I think if we were to make a, a little drop for it, it should be like a harp. Like a division of delight. Something so here's like a let's do it. So here's a question for you. This one comes in from Sky Sports Richard Graves. Uh to me. Who Yeah, this I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Considering the four four of the five games we've talked about uh, as our key games from this week, which win was the most significant? The Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Seahawks or the Titans? Oh, that's a very good question. You'd have thought you wouldn't have thought that he's a, a journalist by trade, would you? Um, <laughs> so the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Titans, and the Seahawks. Yeah. Oh man, I th- actually it could be the Cowboys because their slate had been sort of favor- favorable up until now. They they did have to go to Green Bay, but going to such a powerful de- uh, offense in 
in um, Pittsburgh coming away from there and the the way that they played, I think that is the biggest statement. They are now the team to beat, not in the NFC, but the NFL. And the, the Cowboys are the top team, the, the team with the best record. I think that was the real statement victory. It, it, Here's my feeling. I think it's one of the two ones I could have statement with earlier. Either the Titans or the Seahawks. But the Titans are in that AFC South where they could have lost to Green Bay yesterday in a game people didn't expect them to win. Still had a good showing. Gone on and won another four or five games this season and won the AFC South. For the Seahawks, and I said all these points earlier, but just to repeat them, short week, traveling mm. east, misfiring offense, defense that had been missing big pieces. I mean, they've still not got Michael Bennett back. Michael Bennett comes back, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, if not the best, then they're just going to be even better. To go to Foxborough, beat the best team in the league right now in the way that they did and potentially put themselves now in a position where NFC seeding is a real possibility, I think that you could see the Seahawks as the Super Bowl contender this year and that could be the win that does it. And do you know what, more than anything else? Mm. I think I'm kind of, with the 49ers being so bad this year, I'm almost kind of over my dislike of the Seahawks. Oh my God! I'm just starting to enjoy watching them now. Because Whoa! I, because I don't have to think about the rivalry anymore. I mean... The guy is drunk! The, that's a... Uh, wow! I mean, I never truly will be. And maybe it's just because they were playing the Patriots this week. And when they're back against a team that I like more than them, I'll feel differently about it. But I really enjoyed watching them win this week, which is the first time. I, I, I've always disliked Marshall Lynch, just as in terms of his attitude off the field. He's now gone. You know, I'm just... Uh, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, but it's just how I'm feeling right now. Fair enough. Fair right, enough, three. Man. Three more games to quickly rattle off for you. Starting off with the Miami Dolphins. Chris Hamdy says, got to be plenty of loving on this week's show for my Miami Dolphins. And they did run out winners in San Diego, 31-24. Kiko Alonso, a player you and I are both big fans of, with a pick six, 60 yards for a touchdown with a minute left to give Miami the wild victory. Philip Rivers was picked off four times at the end of this game. Four times oh, towards the Phil. end. Having thrown three touchdown passes to move past John Elway to eighth place on the career all-time list with 301. His 51-yard touchdown pass to Tyrell Williams, who looks like a player, with 404 left, gave the Chargers the lead. Miami came right back with the 27-yard field goal set up by Ryan Tannehill's huge pass to Devontae Parker. Look. This Dolphins side, they've won a number of games on the bounce now. JHI, 79 uh, yards. Okay, he didn't make another three figures, but two big touchdown runs uh, set up the two touchdowns for Damian Williams. All in all, they look like a real unit. And I have to say, the scheming on that final pick was absolutely brilliant because... Rivers and the Chargers are very limited by what they have on offense at the moment. We know that. And they're, more than any other team in the league, run a lot of short concepts, a lot of crossing routes. So Miami go all-out blitz, and Kiko Alonso just sits right in the hot spot, right exactly where Philip Rivers knows that if he's going to get blitzed hard, he's got to throw into that area, and that's where his receivers are heading. And it was just a beautiful piece of defensive coaching. Mm. And uh, so a lot of love for the Miami Dolphins right now. Could, are they going to an AFC wildcard place? Unfortunately, I think because of how strong the West is, there's a very, very strong chance three teams will come out of there and they're not catching the Patriots, touch wood. 
I've said some other stupid things this year, so <laughs> hopefully the Patriots don't go on a big slump now and, and make me look silly. But yeah, bit of love for the Dolphins. Chargers, I think you're done for the year. Sorry, so you would rather you be vindicated and the Patriots make the playoffs than you be wrong and the Patriots completely fall out of it? Of course I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> don't be ludicrous. I mean, that's uh, kind of what you said. <laughs> yeah, I know it was. I know it was. <laughs> I, um, I, I just, for the, for the good of everybody, I had to pick you up on it. I, I hope yeah, you realise that. Let me no, talk no, to you about uh, the Dolphins. They've got the Rams next. They're at the Rams, so hopefully I'll be there. Uh, the 49ers, then the Ravens, and then they're at home to the Cardinals. They win three out of those, three out of uh, those games, which is very, very doable. You know that 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 puts them at uh, eight and eight and five, and looking good for the three divisional games, which could then shape their season. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I think you're right, but I just think they're probably too far off. Okay, yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough. You mentioned the Rams there. Now, I haven't really blown my own trumpet too much this week, yep. but I was uh, watching the games over this weekend. I, I called that the Seahawks would cause the Patriots trouble. I called the Titans win. And do you know what I said about this game between the Rams and the Jets? This looks like a game that's going to have no touchdowns and finish 9-6 to somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what happened. Alec Ogletree intercepting Bryce Petty with two minutes left, lifting the LA Rams to a 9-6 victory over the Jets. Uh, I mean, it's a win for the Rams. That's one thing. Somebody has, um, somebody's got in touch with us uh, just to say, I saw it. Oh, yeah, t- well... Uh, Tommy Toast, Tom Knight, who is a regular Jets tweeter. He said for the Jets this week, no questions, just utter sadness and despair. Although whilst on that game, could it be used as a form of interrogation technique? No one should be forced to sit through that. I've got to just highlight something for the Rams here. Um, And this is totally stolen from Peter King in his MMQB column. And I don't care because it was just so interesting to me that I wanted to mention it. What do you feel like if you're the Rams defense right now? I mean, come on, guy. That's that's how you'd feel. Three games in a row, they've allowed less than 300 yards against explosive offenses like the Giants and Carolina. Uh, They have had three games in a row where they've allowed a touchdown a game on a total of 35 drives across that time. And they have one win in a horrible scraped 9-6. They lost 13-10 to the Panthers, 17-10 to the Giants here in London. R- the Rams have scored zero touchdowns in the past, uh, scored two touchdowns in the past two games, zero of those coming from that running game led by Todd Gurley. I, I know that they don't want to throw in a mistake-prone rookie to the Wolves and make him have a bunch of horrible errors and kill his career, but he co- he's got to be better than Case Keenum at this point. Oh. The, the poor Rams... Uh, if you've got to feel a bit sorry for them. And hey, we said the NFC West could be the division of disgrace. If the Arizona Cardinals can only beat the, the San Francisco 49ers thanks to a last-minute Chandler Catanzaro field goal as time expired to win 23-20, not only does that indicate to me that the Cardinals really are done based on last season, but that this division is truly terrible outside of the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I, this game was far close, far too close for anybody's liking, even 49ers fans. Um, hey, let me give just a tiny, tiny bit of love to the 49ers here. For the, on, second, for the second game in a row, Colin Kaepernick looked like a, a, a serviceable quarterback. And uh, a lot of that was due to his rushing yardage, which Arizona should not be giving up. He had uh, 10 carries, 55 yards, including the game-tying touchdown. Um, and the run defence... 
held uh, David Johnson to 55 yards on 19 carries, 2.9 yards average. They have been terrible in the middle. That since um, uh, since uh, Navarro Bowman went down, they have been truly dreadful in run defence. Suddenly, that defence starting to pick up a little bit. It's glimmers of light. You're still one and eight. You're still possibly going to be picking number one, if not number two overall. But, you know, just a little bit of hope. And Eric Reed is who we thought he was. I mean... It, it, it is the hope that kills you, though, Ollie. It is. It always is. I know it is, Mon <laughs> I know it is. Uh, I've, uh, I've got something for our Division of Delight. Ooh, go on. Ooh! Division of Delight. I like that. The Division of Delight. Yes. Record yourself doing that. Turn it into a drop, because I liked it a lot. Yeah. There you go. You're a sexy, sexy man, Ollie Hunter. Uh, <laughs> look, we're going incredibly long because we always do. So that was week 10. What a week 10 it was. Um, it's an interesting one this week. We were doing a, a show later this week, and maybe Ollie will still be here for it. We might do it if Thursday. If it's Thursday, I will out. be here. We'll try and figure it out um, ahead of a week 11 slate of games, which is okay. There's some good games in there, but week 12 looks really good. And we're getting towards the tail end of the season. We're going to start knowing that teams are out of the playoffs. By the way, did you know the Browns, because of the results in the AFC North, could still make playoffs this year? Get out. That's incredible. <laughs> if they won their last six games and other results in their way, they could still win the AFC North at 6-10. and ten. <laughs> It just amused me greatly. Um, do we have to do a Thursday night football preview? Oh, it, it's a good game this week, actually. Yeah. Saints at Panthers. Yeah. Uh, this actually is a really nice game. Both looking to bounce back from devastating losses. And you have to say, whoever loses this game, I know I've just said the Panthers are probably already out of it, but whoever loses this game is almost definitely out of the playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah. 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 yeah, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got a very good offense in the Saints going up against a not very good Panthers defense. Okay, they, they restricted Kansas City Chiefs. Um, to no offensive touchdowns but I, I like the look of this game in Carolina uh, under the lights ooh, ooh. <laughs> right buddy I'm going to go and get off and finish cleaning my house before my mum comes tomorrow Lovely. you go and get yourself some sleep before work tomorrow I know you've got your old double with Nathaniel Coombs um, I'll probably still be in work when you get in come and say hello uh, <laughs> alright mate yeah yeah as always, get in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter, rate us on iTunes, etc. We always love to hear from you. Uh, big fans of all of that. And um, Ollie is likely going away this Friday uh, on the Gridiron tour trip. So uh, send him some love his way and uh, he's going to have a wonderful time. He's, he's just concerned about it at the moment because there's so much logistically to deal with. He'll have a great time. I'm sure of it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All right, mate. Let's uh, wrap up. Say lots of love. And I'd like you to play us out with that beautiful harp noise because this has been The Gridiron Show. Hazel Irvin here and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off. Taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park, it's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9-to-5 chair. 
Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.